Welcome back to uh, Ballin' at the Birthplace. I'm joined by David and Ty. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Uh, first sure. thing we'll talk about is the recent news. Robert Williams, um, he had surgery. He's out uh, four to six weeks. Uh, had surgery on his meniscus. And um, it's going to have a big impact on the Celtics down the stretch and at least in the first round of the playoffs. Um, how do you view that impacting their title run? Well, first off, Time Lord, Rob Williams Time Lord, has done a great job so far with the Celtics, whether it's just rebounding or being or playing bully ball in the paint. He's just a great big man. The only problem is he's such injury prone. Yeah. He just he keeps seeing he's on to getting hurt. And it's not only him, but like the Celtics also have a weird history of missing key players come come around playoff time too. You know, so it's just another like sad thing. But then again, you know, if it's gonna be tough for them. You know, they're going to have to put Daniel Tice in there. And nothing bad against Daniel Tice, but he just is not Rob Williams. And so, I mean, if the Celtics can play good basketball in that first round, and if Tatum can go off and Brown can go off and they can, you know, get the first round win, then, you know, the Celtics, like, legitimate chances of Banner 18 might still be alive. I mean, when you look at it, it's such a pivotal part of the Celtics' offense. I mean – the pivotal part of the offense, pivotal part of the defense. Of course, when you talk about the Celtics, you're clearly talking about the defense because they're one of, if not the best defensive team in the league, the second best defensive team in the league. And when you have someone who's putting up basically a double-double, two blocks, and is shooting so well from the floor, the second that you lose that piece, you're, of course, going to have to find a way to kind of supplement for that. And there's some times that you just don't have the people, you don't have the depth of people to make that supplement. You can't just replicate it. Yeah, you can't just replicate it. Um, especially in a te- uh, in a game like basketball, you only got five players on the court. So it's not like you can really make up by putting in, like, two uh, other players and having them uh, make up for that one player. If, if you lose that one player that's really important, it's going to have a large impact on your team. Yeah, I look at it like it depends who they face in the first round. If they get someone, in my opinion, like the Cavs or the Bulls or or a team that may not have a dominant big man and they might not need that paint presence as much, um, I think that if they can win that first round. Um, Toronto as well, I think they could get past. Um, but it all depends if the if the guys can step up. Um, Tatum and Horford or uh, Tyson Horford may be starting again. Um, they may roll with that as Horford's played a lot of the four. Um, but defensively, they're definitely going to take a paint hit. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to face a team that doesn't have as a, a big paint presence or a big explosive score. Um, I think they can do that in the first round. When it gets to the second round, you're going to face a team like the Bucks or the, the Nets or even uh, Embiid with the Sixers. Um, and I don't know if they can handle that big of a loss. Um, but if he comes back midway through the second round and they're at 2-2 or 1-1 or something like that, um, they may be able to uh, advance, but it's all about guys stepping up and um, if they will step up. But obviously it's a big loss. Like you said, they can't just replicate one player that does so many things well. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting. I think round one they'll be fine. Um, it's obviously going to be a little bit more difficult, but round one I think they'll be fine. Round two, matchups. That's when it comes down to matchups. If you got a guy like Embiid, and, and Horford's done well on Embiid, but um, with Harden driving to the lane and – it's going to be tough. Also, if, if, if you have Horford against Embiid in a second-round matchup, hypothetically, 
Especially it, this it, year, the way Embiid's been playing. It, it's just just to state the obvious, the it's, age difference, too. It's a recipe the for fact disaster. That, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster here for the Celtics defense. And also, Rob Williams this year is averaging just over 9.5 total rebounds a game. Five, like Over 5.5 of them are defensive. So you know how big of a part he is rebounding the ball. I know like we don't really talk about or really even – none of us really talk about rebounding as much as uh, – as a big part of the game, but when it comes to a loss like this and Rob Williams, it really does hurt. It allows the, the other team. team to get more offensive rebounds, which is more points for them. Second and chance opportunities. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the Celtics defense relies on that a lot, getting the defensive rebounds, uh, transition, and if they can't get as much of a big impact as they've been getting from someone like Rob, um, the little things are going to show up, especially in the playoffs when you're facing good teams every game. I'll be honest. Without Robert Williams, I mean, you're talking about matchups. I'm looking at this 76ers team, and that's like kind of what we're projecting they probably might go against in the second round I think they could beat a healthy there. Sixers team, or a Celtics healthy could beat them. Could. Oh, yeah, but the thing but is, he's out, four, he's out four to six weeks, which is actually very lucky. I'm, I'm glad that it was only yeah. four to six weeks, and it wasn't something that's going to take several months. But when you don't got Robert Williams, I'm uh, – they're looking like a second-round exit. And it's a knee injury. You don't want to rush him back. Yeah, you're not rushing Robert Williams back, and you're looking at a second-round exit if you're a Celtics fan because of the fact that it just – like, we're talking, about, we're talking about Al Horford guarding Joel Embiid. I mean, Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate, and you're putting Al Horford on him. I mean, we're getting a little bit – like, uh, let's put some respect on Embiid and saying if he doesn't have someone like Robert Williams, who is probably one of the premier defenders in the league at that position, Joel Embiid – might as well be walking over the Celtics. And then if you get the box, I mean, you look at that and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you need that paint presence against someone like Giannis or else you're not going to do anything. You yeah, know what I mean? You have a lot of stuff that just go in together to make it to where the Celtics are going to have a very hard time without Robert Williams. It still was going to be hard if they were healthy. It was going to be a hard – the East is very competitive this year. And it was going to be very hard for them to get all the way through this. And now without such a pivotal part of their team – it's looking like, you know, I'm seeing teams that are just clear-cut able to Exploit, punch through yeah. that weakness of not having Robert Williams, and it's just not looking good for them as far as I see. So moving off the basketball court, transition to the soccer field, the U.S. men's national team qualified for the World Cup um, over the past few days. When was that? Uh, this was two days two ago. Two days ago. This was on Wednesday night. Um, at, uh, it's huge. Yeah, no, it's it, this is huge, and I mean – the listen. The last time they qualified for uh for the World Cup was the 2014 World Cup, and you know everyone, every like I remember watching that tournament. I don't know if you guys watch or, or you guys are uh watch the World Cup. Uh, you know when it comes on, but it is such a big event, and it is just so you don't even have to be a fan of soccer at all. But there's just something about the World Cup that like just makes you really proud of it where you're from. Unites everyone, yeah, and it just like brings everyone together. Um, and so when the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup in Russia, that was just heartbreaking. You saw so many, uh, so many former players, such as Alexi Lalas and Taylor Twelman, they went on rants about this, and that they did not let like a single player out of the conversation. You know, they were they were uh, they were like mentioning Bruce Arena's name, who was the coach at the time. They were mentioning Christian Pulisic's name, it's Cliff Dempsey. It was unacceptable, and you know, back then, the, the back then the strategy was they're gonna have all these old veteran guys. You know, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey, and they didn't really Bruce Arena and the really the entire U.S. men's national team wasn't really built with youth 
that's definitely changed now. Which is what you need. Which is what you need. And now you have so many top young guys. You got Christian Pulisic, you know, the wonder boy, the number 10. And, you know, he plays for he plays for Chelsea. He plays for one of the top clubs in the world. He's a well-known, renowned player. Well, People yeah. know who he is. Yeah, and I think, you know, USA is getting a lot more respect on their name when it comes to soccer. And, uh, and you know, Christian Pulisic was like just like a week ago, a week and a half ago, USA played a match in Orlando. He scored his first, uh, his first hat trick, his first hat trick for U.S. men's national team. So that was big news. And then you got other young guys like Tyler Adams from RB Leipzig. You got Weston McKinney from Juventus. And, I mean, th- these are big-time clubs. And so these are great players. And Timothy Weah, too, and Jonas Musa. And these are great. And then you also have, like, a world-class um, goalkeeper in Zach Steffen from Manchester City, another elite club. So this team, it- it's very young. It- it's it's still, like, on the fly. I feel like they're trying to still figure out their game. But 2018 was a wake-up call. Sorry to cut you off, but 2018 was definitely oh, yeah. a wake-up call. And, and, and they thought they'd be like, oh, we'll be all right. And, and in reality, no, we need to step our game up. we got to look at who's on the team. we got to take a deep dive, and I think they did. Um, getting a new coach uh, and then getting you uh, a lot of younger players and players from bigger clubs where it's like, okay, we need to take this seriously, not just rely on the old guys that have been doing No, we need to get, their good, get the best players possible together, the best roster, and we can't let this happen again. I mean, when you look at sports in general, especially in America, like there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people to if it's United States of America, you have a national team. It could be any national team, and especially in a sport that's in the limelight. You know, you have uh, globally like soccer. like globally like soccer. You're trying to make an impact. I mean, we saw how much it was when. Whenever United States makes a big run in the world, whether it's the World Cup or whether it's the Olympics, it's a big deal, and. Basically, yeah, people yeah. pay attention to it. At the very least, America expects them to at least qualify. And to not qualify at all, that turns to a very big deal. And then, at the very least, they expect to get some competition out of them. And that's not what we saw. We didn't even get to see them in the World Cup. So at least having them get there is a big feat. But it's still not. Coming no, from that. It's but still not. I mean, we're, we're very, let, let's be honest. When your national team is in there, you want them to win. Even if, like, you could be honest with you, even if you're not a soccer fan, even if, like, for any sport, you want them to win. So there's a lot of pressure, of course, on that team because soccer is such a big sport and because it is played here in America a lot more than maybe some sports that are in the Olympics. But I do think that they made the right decisions from 2018 to where right now they're in a much better spot. And for the future, too, for future teams. For future and just in general to try to at least make somewhat of an impact on this year's World Cup. Yeah, and so the the match that really defined the, the U.S. the struggle of the U.S. men's national team was it was they were at Trinidad and Tobago, and this was in 2017. And I'm just going to read off a list of, of the, the starting lineup and also the substitutions that came on and just the amount of old veterans that you just don't need that when you look back, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Tim Howard, oh. goalkeeper, great, great goalkeeper, but definitely past his prime. In 2014 in the World Cup, great performance against, I think it was Belgium. He made like 16 saves. Like that was insane. But, you know, three years later, he's not the same Tim Howard. Omar Gonzalez, he, he got an own goal in that match. He was a defender, got an old goal, tried to get a clearance. It went wound in the back of the net. I don't know how Tim Howard doesn't even deflect that out of bounds. The second goal Trinidad Tobago scored, Tim Howard saves that in his sleep nine times out of ten. 
it is just insane. And then you have other old guys like Michael Bradley. And at this point, Michael Bradley, he was just fed up. Like, he, 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 was, he was just there for, for his personal gain. Like, he didn't – like, I, I honestly didn't see any, like, motivation when he, when he played. He, he did not really have any interest in this. And then you have guys like, like Benny Fellhaber, who – I don't know if you guys know Benny Fellhaber, but this guy doesn't – this guy is just a MLS veteran. He is – he plays in Major League Soccer for, I'm pretty sure, almost all his career. And he just he, – he's not a U.S. men's national team player. And yeah, Clint Dempsey, who came on, and uh, like it, it's just a, it's very frustrating, with other guys too, like Bobby Wood and Josie Altidore, who are currently in MLS, but they're also just not, they were just not U.S. Men's National Team material, and so it, it was really frustrating because like cause I, when I watched this match, I watched this match with like five of my great of my great friends. We all go to New England Revolution games together. We all lo- we all love the United States soccer and New England Revolution soccer. All of us had a had like a worrying doubt that this could happen, that a two one loss could happen, that we could not qualify for the World Cup, and we were like, you know what? Th- there's a great chance this is happening. And then by the second goal, w- we knew it was over because at this point, USA was just making excuses. Uh, Christian Pulisic, he was v- he was very young in this match. He got the lone goal for the United States, but like it, it, it was ju- yeah, it, it was just very very poor from the United States and also before they even went and played on the match they when they got when they landed in Trinidad and Tobago you know usually what happens before is teams will go on this teams will go on the pitch and they will just walk and they will just feel the surface try to figure out what cleats are best used you know what what they're going to use for the bottom of their boot and the the pitch was soggy and the pitch was soaking wet and like and and after the game Multiple players are like, oh, well, like, the pitch was bad, the pitch conditions. And me and my buddies are standing there like, there's another side playing on the same field. Like, like too bad, man. You got to suck it up. There's you got to win. And those just excuses. And it was just so frustrating. And, and yeah, so now, so now having this U.S. men's national team qualify. Revamped, too. And revamped. And there's, there's real passion here from this team. These guys, wanna these be guys there. They, want, they, they also want to win. I know that I know after the after the game against uh, after the game against Costa Rica uh, on Wednesday night when they qualified, you know after the final whistle, qualifying for the World Cup is such a big deal. And, no, it is. And and usually you know people like go on and celebrate. They like like run on the field and they they rush their goalkeeper and they celebrate. The U.S. men's team after that two nothing loss, even though they lost, they knew they made it. They still had all their heads down. All those guys were still like that wasn't a good performance. Like even though. We still qualified. That was not a good performance. Granted, they went back in the locker room. They had a pep talk, and then I believe Tim Weah was the uh, was uh, was controlling the ox for that night. So they did party a little bit, but but I mean like they're not this, satisfied. They're not satisfied. Campy. Yeah, I know this, this team. This team is going to try to make the biggest statement they can in in recent history with the World Cup, and I'm really excited to see what what happens. Um, and this is a hot take. I know you guys probably won't. Uh, you guys might not have such an opinion on this. I know our good friend Bono will have an opinion on this. Matt Turner, Matt Turner should be the goalkeeper one in the World Cup. He should be in guitar starting. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Matt Turner, Matt Turner's on Arsenal now. He's a big boy too. He's a big boy too. All right. He's gonna get more playing time the next year than Zach Stefan's ever had. So just stop. Matt Turner should be the starting goalkeeper for the United States in the World Cup in guitar. All right. That was my, that was my rant. 
as you can see, <laughs> very knowledgeable in soccer, David Kilburn. Um, so, Ty, how are you? <laughs> Pretty passionate. Sometimes you just gotta let. Okay, let me just say this. Sometimes you just gotta let someone roll, and he was rolling. So I just, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta let a dude roll. And let's just say I've never that he was, was rolling. That was a <laughs> snowball. That was like when you look at the top of the clip, you see that small snowball just fall down and slowly become bigger and bigger and bigger and, and bigger and bigger and bigger happened. and bigger. <laughs> Until it falls into Matt Turner, and then we just, <laughs> and then that that that's what just happened. I f- fully agree with everything that David just said because I I relay to my experts here, and I fully agree with everything David just said. I'm gonna co-sign it. So yeah, Bono. I agree. So just just in case you want to know, I agree. No, no, there there have been goals that that Matt Turner saves in his sleep that Zach Stefan's let in. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, at this point, it looks like Zach Stefan's like a reserve for you know like a League <laughs> Two team at times. Like Wait. my God, no, I'm just I, I just said that to, to to piss off Bono. But but let's get back on track here. <laughs> um, yeah. So the uh, NBA playoffs are coming up soon. Um, there's one team that's on the brink of either missing it or making it. It's going to come down in the last few games, and it's a pretty. Pretty prominent team with uh, a lot of prominent players. The Los Angeles Lakers, um, AD's coming back. Uh, LeBron will be back from his injury, I assume, in a couple days, a couple games or so. Um, but, yeah, this is an important stretch for them. They're the 10 seed, I believe, right now. Um, do you see them making the playing game, and do you see them they're winning the, the playing they're game? They're the 11th seed. They are. So they're out right now. Yes, they are. Um, and they're going to stay out. You so they're gonna they're that, gonna, you stay think they're out. gonna stay out. Why? They're gonna stay out. Why? Because the Lakers are just they have the same record as the Spurs. As okay. The, so. <laughs> the Spurs own okay. the tiebreaker. The Spurs own the, the yeah, tiebreaker. Yeah. The Spurs own the tiebreaker. Yes. You're looking at a Lakers team that what are we even looking at? Honestly, when you watch a game, what do you think you're watching? Because I don't think not I'm watching. Uh, not not basketball. You have a LeBron James. I mean, you didn't have Anthony Davis, but when you had Anthony Davis, did it really seem like you were really doing anything with him? Yeah. And then you got Russell Westbrook, which, I mean, which I know there's a lot team. of supporters of Russell Westbrook, some that team. may be close by. Um, and they will immediately say that Russell Westbrook isn't the problem. And what I will say is, individually, he I is don't think Russell Westbrook no. is the problem. But when you look at this team... He's far from the solution. He's he's not the solution. Also, what is the identity of this team? I mean, Nothing. go don't have one. Someone needs to go up to Frank Vogel right now and ask him, what is the identity of this team? What, when you're going into game plans for your, for your games, are you saying, okay, this is what we want to focus on. This is what we want to make the thing. Because, like, when you look at... We just talked about the Celtics. Their identity, defense. Play defense. Get the right get the right shot so that you can score more points than you allow them, which is how you win games. I mean, that's that's how we win games, isn't it? Is it is hot. And that's how we win games. So, but then when you look at the Lakers, what is what is the plan? Is it to so, score a lot of points? Is it to so turn the ball over every single possession with Russell Westbrook? Like I don't know exactly what the identity of this team is. So the thing is, you got me fired up right now. Um, first off, the Lakers don't have an identity. I think we all know that. I think LeBron realizes that um, when they won the championship in, what, 2019, their identity was defense, and they had enough scoring on offense with AD and with a healthy LeBron, and they were able to overcome a Heat team that was also a defensive team um, that didn't put up a big fight offensively. But now there's so many, so many good offensive teams right now, and they don't have the defensive capabilities – to even limit them. They're just getting blown out. And one thing, right now with LeBron out and um, AD out, uh, 
uh, Mr. Turnover, Russell Westbrook, can't carry a team anymore. Um, he, we got a lot of Westbrook support over there. Um, he, he, he's used to being on a team where he can take 30 shots a game and, and score 20 points and shoot 11 to 30. And when you're on a team with LeBron James, you know, you got to be able to make the right pass when it's needed. Um, you got to be able to let guys go. You got to be able to play your part. And I'm going to say a lot of people on the Lakers, not specifically Westbrook, but Westbrook, it does fall into this category. You got to be able to play your role and play it well. And I think with the Celtics, we bring up a team like that. Um, every they've talked about this. Everyone knows their role. Like Robert Williams, you're not going to score this amount of game, this amount of points. Your job is to defend. You got guys off the bench. Your job is to come in and score points. We also got with the Lakers. They don't have a bench. They don't have depth. They got a bunch of young guys that don't know their identity that are trying to make an impact, but they don't know how to make that impact. Um, and I think that. If Westbrook could play more like CP3 where he's a ball distributor um, and score when he when he can, kind of like a Marcus Smart type where like you score when you get the opportunity, but your job is to be a ball distributor here, ball distributor there, um, I think that they could be a lot more efficient offensive team, but they lack defensive capability right now. They don't have the personnel, never mind the scheming from Frank Vogel like they did in 2019. Um so I think I could see them missing the playing game. Do I trust LeBron to at least make the playing game over his career? I think he has that reputation where he'll do what it takes. So I think they may get in the playing game, um, especially with getting AD back. But um, I, I don't see them making any noise in the playoffs. They just can't play defense. And if you can't play defense, a mid-level offensive team is going to beat you like someone like the Pelicans. And also one, one thing too is that you know, there's so many big names, you know, on the Lakers. You got LeBron, you got Russ, you got AD, you got you, – and you have, like, also, like, like old veterans reaching the end of their Mello. career. You got, you got Melo and Dwight Howard. Now with Melo? Westbrook's career is almost over, so we could put him in that category. I think that's a hot take. That's a, I think that's yeah. a little bit of a hot okay, take. Okay, all right, all right, all right. In a sense, in the sense of rolling with it. Okay, can we hold on? I just need to – I Can I say you, something yeah, about Melo real quick? Can you say something about Melo real quick? I need to address this man over here. First off, Melo – He's not scoring enough points whatsoever. To not Offensively, play any defense, yeah. To not play, or no, 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 just in general, just in general. He's averaging what, like 13.3 point, 13 points a game? That's got to go up to 20. Past five games, the last three of the five games, he's only scored single-digit points. All right, on March 29th at Dallas, four points. He got brought in to shoot, that's it. Score. And at, at the Pelicans, three points. And at Cleveland, five points. He had, he had, you know, give him props after that, after that five-point performance in Cleveland, back home in L.A. on March 23rd against Philly, he dropped 20. But that needs to be consistent. Like, you can't drop 20. At least close enough, yeah. You can't drop 20 points five. once every, in every five games. If you want this team to actually, like, even, tr even be in the conversation, you, you got to put that up to at least, at least three, out of, three out of five games, yeah. you need 20 points from Melo. Yeah, an average like 17, 18. Your job off the bench is to come in and score. You don't have an obligation to do this or that or play defense. Your obligation is come in and score off the bench, and that's what he was brought in to do, and and he provides no defensive anything. So, like, hey, go in, shoot the ball, make good shots, make good decisions, and score. And, and he obviously – Hasn't done that. Ty, you got something What to are y'all talking about? Listen, I know Melo's old. I know Melo's old. Melo's like 37. Okay, no, 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 no. I don't expect Melo to score I, 20 a game, but consistently. Both of you just, I just got pinched with just absolute, what are you guys talking about? You just said that Carmelo Anthony in his like I don't 15th think so. year in the league has to average 20. No, no, no. You're saying no, that I Russell Westbrook is the, fuck, is the worst, I, almost, excuse my language. 
You said he was almost the worst player on the team. No, no, I did not say that. Saying he's turning over the ball all the time. No, I did not say that. You guys that. are all blaming these players. Like, there's not a guy, Frank Vogel, who's just sitting on the bench getting paid every day. Like, these players, these so players have no, that nothing that is telling them what to do. You're talking about roles. Who assigns the roles? Okay, I got a question. LeBron does I not assign the roles. LeBron is injured. He's literally not even on the team. I Guess who's coaching the team? I got a question. If you're Frank Vogel, and he has not done anything. If you're considered I a know top where. player, you shouldn't have to do this or that. If you're a top player, you go out and you win You just said that Russell Westbrook's career is going to end. Oh, he's it's ending not, soon. He can't look, shoot the ball. Oh, my. He's not he even shooting that bad. He's not even shooting that bad. Did you see the bad. mixtape of oh him hitting the backboard gosh. side R- of the R- backboard? Hey, Russell, Russell's career is not over. Okay, I know this isn't all about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Has been a playmaker for like most of his career, okay? and he like lost with that being, ability. He didn't lose his that ability. He went on to he went on teams with other talent in OKC. Once KD left, who else was there? He can't play with other talent. No you're one. saying I'm not saying he can play with other talent. He can't play with he other can. talent. He, he needs can. to adjust, and he doesn't know how to. He doesn't have the self awareness to adjust. No, he has self awareness. No, he has self awareness. Okay, we're coming. We're coming into the end of the show. Zero here. self awareness. Uh, we're coming into the end of the show. Here. Know your what role, up? and he doesn't what? know how to. He goes, "Oh, it's for seven years ago with OKC, and I can do what I want. Try to take thirty shots. Oh, side of the backboard. Oh, whoops. Oh, my bad. Come on. Okay, play so, more uh, like CP3, and this team would be good. I, w- I w- Instead, he's hitting the side of the backboard, air ball, all this. Like, he he, that's unacceptable. One thing I will say LeBron is LeBron regrets it. To, oh, to LeBron, it, oh, big time. I don't think that – one, I don't think Frank Vogel survives past this this season. I don't I mean, either. I don't Frank think he Vogel deserves to. Survive all, past I don't it. think he deserves to. He definitely to, so doesn't deserve to. He probably – everyone puts the fault on Westbrook. It probably should be – at the very least, it should be put on Frank Vogel more than Westbrook. I mean, I think it should be put on LeBron for bringing Westbrook in. Okay, first of all, let, let's let's okay. No, let's no. Address, let's, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's that's let, let's let's address they that. They had a deal let's for DeRozan. As well. They had a deal for DeRozan and Heald, oh, and he said, "No, I want Westbrook." How's that worked out? Oh, if they had DeRozan right now, they'd be in the playoffs. Oh my gosh! Anyways, he dropped fifty last night. Westbrook has dropped fifty since he was in the you, womb. You need to pipe down just no, for a I'm second. No, I'm not piping down. You, Very you passionate. Need to, you need to pipe, pipe down no. for a second and just allow us to actually look at it. Because what you're saying right now is just nasty. No. It's just disgusting. No, it's, it's, it's just the truth. absolutely disgusting. You know disgusting. what they say? They can't handle I mean, the truth. Paul Pierce, they can't handle the truth. Also, everybody's saying that LeBron can make every single move. He's the, he's he's the GM. GM. He's he is. a GM, a coach, all of this. He is. Exactly, he is. What? He he's is. not. No, he is. He's no. literally not. He's not. He's not. If they go to trade for a player, they he's are running not. it past him. Uh, I promise you. This is the uh, – and I'll tell you the – And prim- if he wants a player, he's I'll, I'll him. tell you. I'll tell you the prime reason why. I'll tell you the prime reason why you think that he's a coach and he's a GM is because, one – you you want you want LeBron to get the blame, and you also want no, Russell I'm, Westbrook to get I'm the blame. I'm the biggest LeBron fan there is. I think he's the go. I've been a big LeBron fan forever. I don't that know. You're you're kind of you're kind of no, hating no. on him for for. He regrets bringing Westbrook in. Big you're time. you're hating on him because you think that it's all him bringing in Russell Westbrook. I don't like, think they don't it's all have him, an, but it's his decision. Like they don't have an entire GM. No, he is. an entire coach. Yes, but he wanted an entire Westbrook. assistant. They got a whole front office, yes. and you said. Yeah, there's just this one player who just makes every decision for the team. He goes out, he doesn't negotiate. I wouldn't say every. I wouldn't say no. You know, they he, they, basically, if LeBron, him. if LeBron, if someone's on the trade block, LeBron's just like, I want him. The front office is going to be like, Yo, he's he's forty million for six years. I think that I want him right now. That's what they did with AD. 
He didn't do. They're the Lakers. The every team, every team wanted the Lakers, and he wanted the Lakers, and AD wanted to play for the Lakers. Guess what? They're Guess represented what by the same agent. Guess what happened? Exactly. Why do you think he wanted to play with the Lakers? If LeBron so, wasn't there, he wouldn't have wanted to play with the Lakers. Because then the Lakers would have sucked. Yeah, LeBron said, "I want you." And AD said, I want you. So then it happened. It wasn't uh, this. It, it was a like, decision. Westbrook, Westbrook, my thing is Westbrook didn't want to leave Washington. It, he wasn't like, trade me, trade me. Westbrook, was, LeBron approached, they had a trade for DeRozan and Heal. They already mm-hmm. had it set. Same players. That's been reported by multiple outlets. Mm-hmm. What happened was LeBron said, LeBron, friends with, AD, friends with Westbrook. I will say he is friends with Westbrook. He said, okay. You know, are you interested in coming here? Oh, mm-hmm. you are? Oh, I want to play with you. So then he went to the front office and said, hey, Westbrook wants to play with me. We've been in communication. You should go trade for him. And you know what? Basically, when LeBron tells you to do something, you don't make your star unhappy. All that right. is not the way the just, NBA can works. Just a, can, I, can I just say this about yeah. the Lakers season, okay? It's a failure. The Lakers season is like, is like okay, and, and um, this isn't like, this might be over the line, but the Lakers season is like going on a date with like a 23 year old girl, all right? Like like it, it, it's good to look at, right? They look good. It looks nice. Like the roster's clean, but it's a hot mess and you don't know what you're getting out of it once you're out of there. All right, uh, just just to just to close this out. Uh, one thing that we definitely can say is that Luke hates Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, I don't hate that, him. I'm very critical of him because I like to tell the truth and I like to see something. Uh, and, and no, 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 no. Yeah. You want to put a lot of blame on Westbrook. I do. Yeah, you wanna, I do. But I do. You, you don't want to realize that the, the primary, it. the primary He's fault. He's an adult. Westbrook's an adult. Yeah. Westbrook. You know who's also an adult? You know who also is a grown man, Frank Rogel, and he doesn't put any roles on his team. Or anything to to really close that out. So 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 championship winning coach doesn't know what he's doing. Hold on, higher logic. Championship winning coach doesn't know what he's doing. My bad. Championship winning coach didn't probably didn't do much in his championship okay, so year either. So you're saying so you're saying he didn't do much. Then who did a lot in that championship year? La coach, LeBron, La coach. Okay, La coach. So you're admitting my point that La coach did the work. Thank you. That's all we got for today. Let me also just like say, let me just say the only the only true player coach I will respect is Bill Russell. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not ever gonna hear say like LeBron coached this LeBron LeBron coached that. It's like when LeBron went to like when LeBron in 2017 with Cleveland like pushed them to the finals. Was a good coach. Like like, no one gave him credit. No one gave Tyron Lue any credit. But like, don't don't I like mean, don't just done, say. What's he done with the Clippers? Don't just say. Not much. Let's not get into the Clippers here. But yeah, people just gotta realize LeBron is the captain of that team. There's no question. LeBron is the captain of that team. LeBron is the captain of that team. He's not the coach. That's the only thing for that. And okay. we are into the opinion. we are into the end of our show here. This was balling at the birthplace. Of course, me, Ty Coney, Luke Whitehouse, and David Kilburn. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. Thank you so much. And let's just always remember that LeBron is not a coach.